It seems pretty apparent that life in community on mission is messy, but it's a beautiful mess. And just like we see people in messy situations differently when they're our family members than when they're someone else that's not, once we start to see and treat everyone like part of the family, our heart response to this glorious mess will shift too. Like I've said many times before, this is not the way we live because we're supposed to. We live this way and treat others this way because we get to. We get to love them and pursue them and treat them the way God does. And that shows them what he's like. God is pursuing this relationship of trust with us and with them, and he uses us to pursue them. It's beautiful, it's powerful. Welcome to the Everyday Disciple Podcast, where you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. In other words, discipleship as a lifestyle. This is the stuff your parents, pastors, and seminary professors probably forgot to tell you. And now, here's your host, Caesar Kalinowski. Hey, hey, good to be back with you. Welcome to another edition of the Everyday Disciple Podcast. Thanks for joining me. Hope your day's going great. Mine is. I'm still kind of buzzing from yesterday. Tina and I were invited to go to a baptism of the oldest daughter of some friends of ours. And I love baptisms. And I love seeing my young little sister make her public profession of her faith. So a little shout out to the Proctors and to their oldest daughter, Bridget, B, as we call her. And it was such a privilege to be there. It was a bit of an intimate little situation and fun and just kind of some close people. And we were invited to be a part of that, and it was wonderful. So what a great thing to see a young little sister commit herself to the mission and to Christ early in life. It was awesome. So anyway, having a blast with that. It was such a cool thing. Let me uh, read a couple of reviews that have come in for the podcast uh, just to encourage you to maybe do the same thing, sort of pay it forward. That helps other people know what the show is about. This one says, Back to Mission. It was by M.D. Edwards. Jesus gave the church one mission, and this is a podcast that will always call us back to that mission. Not through guilt, but the grace of the gospel. Keep up the awesome work. It's very encouraging. Well, thanks there, M.D. Edwards. Appreciate that. Here's another one that came in from Meadowbrook MC. This is a must-have podcast. Five stars also. Thank you. And they list it out. It's a little numerical little thing. One, real-life practical ways to begin living in community on mission. Two, the big three is genius. You have something in hand that summarizes the podcast. Awesome. And then third, they said, finally, something that's 25 to 30 minutes in length, perfect for when driving to and from work or doing errands. So that's kind of what I shoot for, 25 to 30 minutes. If you're a regular listener, you know that sometimes I can shoot a little longer than that, especially when I have really good guests on and we just get rocking. I hope you'll subscribe on whatever platform you listen to the podcast on and review it if they allow you to do that, star it, whatever. But if you subscribe and you can download them that way, you don't miss out on episodes. If you need a new place to check out that type of thing where you can see all the different places the podcast is available, you can go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash subscribe and it'll take you to a real cool little page with a whole bunch of stuff like it's got all the links that you'll ever need. Okay. And before we get rolling on today's topic, I just want to mention if you're interested in learning a full framework for discipleship and missional living in everyday life, like a step-by-step, we'll walk with you. 
I want to talk to you about that. If you want to grow in your gospel fluency in everyday life, I would love to set up a short Zoom call to get to know you better, answer any questions you have, and tell you all about the coaching and mentorship that Tina and I do as couples, as a couple for couples. All right. You can check that out, get some more information, and contact us to set up that Zoom call if you'd like. You can go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash coaching. Everydaydisciple.com forward slash coaching. Now, today, in just a little bit here, I'm debuting a new segment here as part of the podcast. It's called Something to Think About. And in Something to Think About, I'm going to share just a little short thought on something that always sort of seems to come up within Christianity and our faith, but it's not been ever quite right. And I'll just maybe debunk those things, and it'll give you something to think about. I'll be back with that at the end, right after I do the big three. Now, let's get to today's topic. Today's topic is helping people feel like part of the family. And I have talked about this before in different ways. There was an episode 157, number 157, where I, Tina and I were on together. Heath interviewed us. That was a really earlier episode of the podcast. And then in episode number 189, I get into all the theology behind why we really do get to see everyone as family because that's how God sees us all as his kids. Because some people push back and say, no, 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 it's just Christians that are our family. Well, mm, not according to scripture, not according to God himself. And I won't go deep into that right now. If you want that whole really, I man, I go deep on it in episode 189. Go ahead and look back for that. But I thought I wanted to talk about this again today from a little different angle, because with so many Christians and churches doing more home-based micro-churches and neighborhood-focused expressions, we just talked about that a couple episodes back, it made me wonder, how are we treating people? How are we making them feel when they're with us in our homes or anywhere else? Because the church has gotten real good at setting up the worship service sort of experience, but we primarily sit in rows in silence. And now as people are moving outward, I really hope that people are being treated like family, not like guests. And so I want to talk about that again. And I I have to tell you right at the front end here, until you start to believe that God sees you as his kids, as his family, you're going to have a hard time treating others like family. Yeah, that's how it works. We really, deep in our hearts, have to believe what God says is true of us, that we're his dearly loved sons and daughters, that we have nothing to prove, nothing to earn. We're part of his forever family. We can come to him with anything, everything we need. He owns everything. We have authority and privilege as sons and daughters of the king. When we start believing that and that God sees everyone else that way, and some of his kids aren't redeemed, (laughs) or they don't accept that free gift, well, they're still his kids. It's just like, look at the prodigal son story, right? That was still his son. Couldn't wait for to get him back home. So until we really believe that that's how God sees us and sees everyone else, we're going to have a hard time treating people like family. And when we have them over, we'll treat them like guests. And I'm going to go deep into that. And I think on top of that, before we get rolling too deep here, we really need to get rid of this who's in who's out mentality that worried about who's a Christian, who's not, who goes to our church, who doesn't, all that. It's not serving us. It's not serving the church. It's not treating others the way that God treats us and everyone else. And I I just want to ask you 
to pray about that. If that's sort of been your upbringing or the way your church experience has taught you, this whole who's in, who's out mentality, we need to lose that. God is pursuing everyone to be a part of his family. And we get to treat them the way God sees them as his kids and love them and invite them to a place at his table. Now, what I'm going to do today is I'm going to share with you a coaching session that Tina and I recently had with one of our cohorts, one of our coaching cohorts. And in that, we're explaining to the folks who are living on mission and starting to walk with, in the ways of Jesus in everyday life with people and neighbors and people of peace about why we want to treat people like family, not like guests. And we give them a bunch of ideas. And I want you to listen all the way to the end because they ask some questions too that are really good and they may be questions that you would have all right so let's take a listen to this kind of a peek inside of one of our coaching sessions and then i'll come back at the end to give you a few comments give you the big three and we'll look at that new segment something to think about here we go we want to sort of take the next logical sort of just tipping in that family identity aspect and that's the one that trips us up a lot and a lot of people don't like to serve but they kind of feel like we're supposed to and so they'll just swallow hard and do it you know or whatever but the family one does start to trip our trigger oh this is what i was going to say cam cammy when, when you you were talking about people are like don't have a healthy sense of family mm-hmm. that's going to be almost always everybody because no one had a perfect family even even like okay yourself you you came from a great set of parents and all but i i'm just guessing they're not perfect but the point is everybody's got some brokenness there but some people had really bad and and we get to redefine what does life look like when god's your dad and jesus is your brother and you're empowered by god's own spirit and people go i don't know but i'm getting a little whiff of it i'm getting a little sense of it the more we hang out with you guys And there's the openness to go, hey, we're growing in this too. You want to grow in this with us? See, so it levels things out. It's not weird. It's not some benevolent stooping. I use that term, you know, like sometimes as Christians, that's how we treat people is like, we kind of know we should or supposed to. So from our lofty place of wealth and privilege, we sort of benevolently stoop down and help them. But that, that, that's, that's not, Jesus came. Right. He put on the robe, the scratchy robe and the beard and sandals, and he lived among them. It was just he was one of them. Right. He worked his job there. He ate what they ate. He cooked fish on the beach. You know, it was all the normalcy of that. And we get to do that, too. Come follow me. Walk with me. You know, as he as he opened their eyes to life in the kingdom and under the power of the Holy Spirit, we get to do the same thing. Now, as as we look at this flow out of being family, like God seeing his kids now, some folks, and we can go as deep as you want, some folks, and I've, I've had more conversations about this that I can um, recall, <laughs> but I, I got, I've gotten pushbacks. I've had people call me in and I have to sit down with their elders and explain what we mean. They're like, no, 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 no. Only Christians are, are, are part of the family. Only Christians are. And they, they lose their ish over it, right? All hinged on one verse generally that, you know, it's this da, 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 that are called the children of God. The truth is, Those are the redeemed children of God. Those are the people that know they are. But God sees everybody as their kids. And there's only about a billion verses that say that. You know what I mean? But that weird exclusionary who's in, who's out mentality that the church always has because they had the wrong gospel. It was a gospel about some weird conversion event and Jesus in your heart prayer. You know, the one Jesus never did before. And so 
that's that was the marker. Well, who's done it? Who's been? Who's in? Who's out? Who's in? Who's out? And the church I grew up in, once you said the Jesus in your heart prayer and raised your hand, I see that hand. I see that hand. Once you did that, then you were like, move. They moved you on. It was like next. And there was no discipleship. It was just like next. Check the box. Who's in? Who's out? Then depending on your denomination or church upbringing, and a lot of churches are still this way. I know it might seem hard to believe what I'm about to say, but they're based on who's in and who's out. They get super exclusionary, where instead of being a missionary people, a priesthood of saints, a kingdom of priests to show the world what God's like, they're like, no, 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 you have to, you have to separate yourself from the, you know, the unclean. Who's in, who's out? And maybe that seems weird to you, but I'm telling you, it's probably still two-thirds of the church in the world where there's a real heavy separation and exclusionary. Because, you know, you don't want to get sin on you. You might get their sin on you. Yeah. Only homeschool my kids or send them to Christian school. I can't. They couldn't possibly go to public school and be with all those sinning kids, you know. And We've had parents sit and sob with us of like, there's just these kids in the neighborhood and they're real rough and they swear and I don't want my kids around them. Okay, I understand. However, we exist. Our family, this is sort of like our family, you know, insignia on the on the family crest <laughs> we exist for the sake of others unto god's glory and god sees everybody as his offspring we get to as well now we also get to treat people like family and we wanted to talk a little bit about treating people like family not like guests as you build out community as you start to engage your people of peace in invitation and challenge right? What's the next appropriate invitation to access to our time and relational challenge? What's the next move relationally together? As we do that, we get to, we want to be treating people in our lives like family, not like guests when they're around. Do you, do you know the difference of like when you've been somewhere and you know, you're a guest there and they're doing a great job, like they're taking care of everything, but you're a guest there, be it a hotel lobby, like a five-star hotel resort when you go to Disney, <laughs> you know, because that's what they specialize in, church lobby, um, someone's house. Do you know the difference, the feeling internally when you're being treated like a guest versus like family? We want to treat people the way God sees them and treats them. And we want to treat people like family, not like guests. So fam- that, that ruffles a lot of people, especially in the South, the, the whole Southern <laughs> hospitality thing. Um, perfect house, perfect. You know. Yeah, you got to have your house perfect. And then you don't let you, everything's about keeping, you know, saving face and, and keeping it, you know, everything looking good on the outside to the point where you don't it actually invite people even in to your front door. Like you'd sit on the porch with them at first. So where a lot of porch culture to, came from. Till you got mm. to a certain thing and then you could have them inside, but then still you got to make sure the inside is perfect. And since it's not perfect, most of the time that doesn't happen very often. Um, C's mom was from the South, from Savannah, Georgia, and she had a lot of this in her and it drove me crazy because I grew up in the South too. I knew what she was struggling with, but I just, She wasn't exclusionary. She wasn't exclusionary. But she treated everybody like a guest. Yeah. And so she, you know, could, you could barely help her do anything. And she was running her fingers off. And, and because of that, she would always just like serve the food on paper plates because, you know, she wouldn't have to like, you know, wash 30 dishes after Thanksgiving. So we just ate on paper plates with disposable forks and knives. And I'm like, yeah, that really makes me feel welcome. You know, <laughs> like how fast can you eat and get out the door and I can clean up and it doesn't look like you were ever here. And my older sister took that to the next nth degree, like 
like not a click more, like a hundred. Like you'd be eating and she'd be pulling the plate out. You're done with that, right? Because she just couldn't wait to get it all thrown away, cleaned up, washed and get you out the freaking door. Yeah. It's my sister. We're at mom's house. I, you know, I can remember for years being sort of shamed because I would fall asleep like in, you know, in the recliner or on the couch at my mom's house at a holiday or something. I've only worked like 90 hours this week. I, I, we got three little kids, you know, under five. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm a little sleepy. <laughs> you know, like I'm home. What's the issue here? That's so, the so the first time we got to host Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas, I don't remember which one it was. And I used the China and they were like, oh, what? What? <laughs> like we have kids and we're who's going to wash it what all? if they I'm break like, it? I'm like, whatever. I'm like, I don't know, but my kids will help. And, you know, many hands make light work. And. And it was fun. And did I have some dishes left the next day? Yes, I still did. But we a lot of that time that you spend washing up and cleaning up and like you have some of your best conversations over those times, yep. you know, so. And it's, it's I know it's a barrier. And, and for most people, they go, you know, what? it's just easier for me to do it. Like, but it's not building community and it's not discipling people in certain ways. I can remember one time with um, some of you know who the Vanderstelts are, right? We lived right around the corner from them as we started Soma together, untold hours, and our families were just behind it. And I remember one point, we had already multiplied out, and we weren't in the same missional community, but I remember Janie starting to get a little wore down with the pace of community life and how often they were doing meals and people around. Fair enough. She got three little kids. And she was, particularly in this case, she was getting upset that people were wanting to be family and help. Oh, then she could never find the dishes, you know, like they were all being put away weird places. It would take her twice as long to make dinner and or they weren't loading the dishwasher the way she liked it. No, no, no. Forks go this way. Plates turn, the, you know. And so Jeff just took everybody and said, hey, you guys are so great at wanting to help. You all want to help. Right. And they're like, yeah, you know, what would really help Janie is if she could take like 10 minutes and just explain a few things. It would be a blessing to her. Not that it's a huge deal, brothers and sisters. However, to really show her your love. If you could love the dishwasher in a way that she prefers and and we can explain to you, here's where the plates go and here's where the pans go, you know, be helpful. No one had a problem with it. And after that, the problem was solved in a sense. It was just treating people like family until they've been there enough times to figure it out accidentally. Or you could just say this. When we were on our little retreat this last week, we were making salami eggs for the whole crew the last morning there. And some of you know what that is. Some of you don't. If you listen to, the, you know, anyway, anyway, that recipe's all out there. But they were all like, oh, man, Team K, you know, we're going to do salami eggs. And so we were explaining everything to everybody and they were all doing their little jobs. And I had to go to one of the one of the sisters just real briefly. And uh, she was I said, OK, three dozen eggs, crack them, poke, poke, stir. Right. You want to do the eggs? Yeah. She's but she starts cracking them on the counter. Well, we come from food service, owning a restaurant. You don't crack eggs on your counter because that's egg everywhere in salmonella. I said, hey, whoops. I said, hey, sis, you're doing a great job there. Um, crack them on the bowl. That way, if they dri- drips, it drips in the bowl, you know, whatever. And that way, we don't have to wonder where all the drips went on the floor and down the front of the cupboards and all that. She just looked at me like, okay. Now, I don't know. Internally, she might have been like, F you, bro. I don't think so. That's not her heart, you know, because we have a lot of relational trust, right? There's been a lot of invitation banked with them. But I didn't have fear to do that either because I also get to... That's how I wanted to see it done. But also, I wanted her to learn that, like, that's a safer, healthier way to do it, right? Why not? What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with it. But some people would be just be, it'd be easier not to. But not if you love people, you speak the truth, right? And you're free. 
And then she could also say, screw you. I've done it this way a million times. She gets to. And I'd go, all right, well then, just make sure you clean the front of the car, you know, the counter in the cabin. So, you know, like with sterile hot, sterilized water or whatever. You know, I don't know. You get to. I get to. She gets to. You know what I mean? And that's part of being family with people and the reality of that. And the other part of that, which I love, is like it is like what you're doing with your kids. And I, I love how being a family, like, I mean, our, our Mitchell community is a family and it's kind of like what you would do with your kids. We're intentionally using every opportunity, whether it's sitting down over a meal or going out and serving or hanging out and having fun. You're using all these opportunities to tr to continue to treat people like family and like your kids. You know, you don't just change their diapers for 30 years, you know, you teach them to go to the bathroom and you teach them how to flush the toilet and how to wash their hands. And you also teach them how to help clean up and how to cook and, you know, how to make mm -hmm. their beds. There's like a million things you're teaching people all along the way. And so me taking the time to teach people how to go grocery shopping and find good deals and how to make, you know, decent food, like easily and cheaply. And, you know, the and like some people we had to teach them like, you know, hey, you really kind of need to take a shower every day. Like we had, to I mean, I'm telling you like we, yeah, way back machine. Not, not like once, you know, like lots of, you know, young men that were like, I want to be married so bad. You want to be married, huh? You want to marry what? Like a woman? Yeah, a woman. Well, women marry men. And right now you live like an eternal baby and you smell like one. So let's start working on the stuff in your life that a woman might actually want to marry. But right now I would tell all the women in our community, don't marry this baby. Anyway, that's part of being family. Yeah. Trust me, like one of the guys we're thinking of in our head when he lived with our family for years and he was raised by wolves and apart from all his siblings and our daughters treated him like family. They were hard on him. They changed his life though. He's married to a beautiful woman now and praise God, right? You know, it's just. And that's the way I feel, you know, when I, when I look at these, you know, so many people who've just had no one helping them, helping them move, you know, helping them learn, helping them be. Um, and, and it's not just even in the practical, I mean, it's in the spiritual too. That's all, it's all the same and it's all the process. Of so, so part of treating people like family, let's say when they're in your home and that's when we have that tendency to like, you know, like treat them like a guest, right? Even the language matters. Like you just said the word host, you know, like, cause it, it drips out of us. Mm -hmm. But that even that, when we call that, like who's hosting, it puts us in this mode versus like, where are we doing this this week? Who, whose house are we doing? You know what I mean? There's, so it's not evil if you use the word host or whatever. I'm, I'm just saying like, we, we get to be careful with how our language does create culture. Mm -hmm. Cammie, you said, you know, we couldn't go to church Sunday. It's like, you never can go to church. <laughs> right and everybody goes yeah i know whatever but it's it's identity issue that's yeah. you know what i mean and so we the church. let's we just we get to grow grow in that and go forward so part of how part of how we you know start to treat people and then disciple people to be like and treat others like family is in our language language creates culture but it also shows up in really little ways like always and let people bring something you know because when you say hey we're doing this like well what can we bring Usually the first question people ask, be prepared. And I, to have I, a list. We do it every time. We always go, well, okay, great. What can we bring? And I would say probably eight, at least out of 10 times. Oh, nothing. Well, you know, you're going to bring something anyway, right? You just, I don't know. Most people, you don't show up empty handed because that's not what family does. So you're going to bring something. Why not go ahead and give people like treat them like family and go, well, we're having this and that. What do you think goes good with that? What does your family like to have with that? 
well, we, we have this cheesy potato thing we like to do. That'd be awesome. Is that, is that a hassle or could you do that? No, I'd love to bring that. Great. I'm great. And, and let me just say that that's just invited to two things. One is that you've asked them a question. You're getting to know a little of their story and you're giving them the opportunity to bring their story and them get to explain that story and everybody to get to know them a little bit. Connected more. to that Feel recipe. Connected. Like, where'd you learn now? Oh, my grandma used to make, you know, whatever. That's yeah. all just part of how family works. Mm-hmm. Um, it also is. So let people bring stuff. We, we witnessed this like at a very, very high level once. We were at a, uh, the Breen's house, Mike and Sally Breen's house, and they were having a whole bunch of people in for uh, training, but like just opening up their home for the evening. And they, Sally gave every single person said, hey, what can we do to help? Which she had it all nailed down. Okay. Like literally out in their garage, they had this huge shelf of crock pots and she'd bring them all in. She had them all cooking on the counter. You know, they, they were very good at community life. But every person who said, hey, what can I do to help? She invented something. I'm going to put you on ice patrol. Make sure everybody gets ice in their glasses, whatever they need. It might have been a big thing, a little thing, whatever. Don't fear. She didn't actually even wait for people to ask. She would just grab somebody and she didn't necessarily know them <laughs> like well. But that's what family them. does. There's a guy in our community at a recent holiday thing. He, you know, he walks in, I don't know if it was Christmas maybe. And he's like, what's up? What can I do? And I'm like, um, you know what? We, we had brunch this morning. We're getting ready for the big, you know, the big meal. It's kind of a mess. Could you grab a, a broom? and uh, sweep the kitchen up real quick for for me. He's like, I'm on it, you know? So he was stoked. This guy's like a super well-known bartender in our town, but like part of our community. And, and he's sweeping away and our, our first floor is all like contiguous hardwood and it's like a great room. So pretty soon he is sweeping everything. He's down the hall, he's sweeping <laughs> under the couch. And, you know, I'm, and I said, hey, bro, just the kitchen is all I needed. He goes, eh, eh, I'm sweeping, bro. I got it, you know? <laughs> he wanted to, you know what I mean? And that guy's part of everything. And his sister and nephew just moved out of our daughter's house. They were there for, I don't know, six weeks or whatever in between, you know, losing their house and all this. You know, it's just how community works. And everything we did over at Kristen's house the last six weeks with them was treat them like family. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. Normalcy. Let people take out your trash. Let them sweep. Let them bring food. Let them help load the dishwasher. If you don't like the way they're loading it, go, hey, you know what? <laughs> you know, I know there's this, you know, eternal debate. Like forks up or handle up, you know? Okay. By the way, it's handle up, just so you know. A hundred percent it is. Because otherwise, when you unload the dishwasher, you do what I just did, and then you grab the freaking fork that they're gonna eat off of and you touch it. So I even saw that on the Today Show once. Some As somebody expert. who owned a restaurant, I'm just telling you it is. Yeah. It is. I know our, our, we're thinking, well, I want it up so the water can spray it more. Those baskets were made to be sprayed from the, anyway, you do what you want. Anyway, but at our house, <laughs> we're going to load it, handle up. Yeah. Anyway. But you see, it's just the normalcy of, of treating people like family. And, and if there's mess, oh, you know, I, people, a lot of people we coach like, this is really hard for me. I got to have my house super, super tightened down before I can have anybody in. Uh, well, why? So then who, what's the, who's this event about ultimately? Um, me. But it's not about you. It's about God and his glory. And God sees that as your brothers and sisters. And uh, he don't really care about the dust bunnies or the box in the corner or, uh, oh, my God, there's laundry to be folded sitting on the on the corner of the couch still. Whatever, you know, like whatever. I just want we just want to impress that upon you wherever you're at with that comfort level. That's where you're at. But you get to start to treat people like family, not like guests. And, and I'll tell you what happens when we start to do this in our normal lives and everyday lives. And when you're hosting like an open table type of thing, you know, like a high invitation, low challenge neighborhood event to, that's just ongoing. That is a that's like a superpower during that time because people are checking you out. 
And when they come around and they feel like family. Or when your house isn't perfect, when they walk in and it doesn't look like a hotel room, you know, that you rented or whatever. You ever been to someone's house where you're afraid to sit down because it's so perfect and clean? And why would you have white carpet? You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, what were you thinking with the white carpet? You know, the lines are still in it from vacuuming. You're like, okay, and nothing wrong with that. Just know it's going to get messed up tonight. <laughs> and so here's what happens when we treat people that way and our heart kind of clicks where we're just, that's the mode I'm in. Not only is the pressure off because you got a lot more help. People are bringing food, they're helping clean up, and they're folding your laundry if need be. They're folding your pastor's underwear, you know, whatever is needed, right? The pressure gets off once you get past it, like it feels awkward. Okay, well, we're growing in that. The other thing is, is you start to live that way outside. Like even last week on our vacation, I was I was just struck by some of our own language, but also because we were with folks we've been coaching for quite a while, the way they just engaged like a bartender or someone at the grocery store at the meat counter or whatever, when we were getting, you know what I mean? It's like, it wasn't like I'm treating that person like someone who works at the store. So I.e., a slave, they're getting paid, blah, blah. You're treating them like family. Well, when you live in a community, I'm telling you, people notice and the word gets out. And when we ran Chakabra, when Tina, well, Tina, I said we, Tina ran our restaurant for eight years, breakfast all day. The way we treated and talked to staff, the way we treated our customers, how many of those customers got invited over for Thanksgiving or to a family barbecue or all of our staff being at our house and some of our staff staying with us and other staff staying in some of our rentals, but for free. And it, the word gets out. Uh, trust me, even in our neighborhood here, which is very much different than in Tacoma and Gig Harbor, it's quite wealthier. Our daughter, over time, who has her own little salon, has picked up a ton of clients in the neighborhood. And early on, so this is like humble brag kind of in Christ, but just to prove the point, she said like, mom, dad, like all the neighbors love you guys. They just love you and their kids love you because they cut the kids hair too, you know, and all that. So we'll praise God for that, honey. But it's partly because we treat them like family. It's not like because we're doing something so freaking amazing. But the reputation does get out. We were just walking around last week. There's a new neighbor that moved in, the cul-de-sac. It's just like five houses away. We hadn't met them yet. There were some other neighbors who I was thinking of this gym earlier. You want to have a patio out front. These people, their house, they have a huge back patio and all this, but they built this little, small, little stone kind of slate patio. It's between, seriously, it's like 10 by 10 between the two houses. Between the front. two driveways on the par, yeah. on the sidewalk. And they put out, last year, they put out two chairs and a little table to have drinks. And they'd be out there all the time. This year, they have four just jammed in there. Adirondack chairs jammed and, in. And the new neighbor and her kids were over. And then the other, all the other neighbors were introducing us. And it was like this glowing report of who we were. And I'm like, well, I'm so stoked you see us that way. Like, I, I think we're pretty normal, but we treat people like family. That's all I'm saying. So word gets out and you start to live this way. And then you never know who else in the neighborhood is talking to who else. Or you're treating somebody that way at the deli. And it turns out that's your neighbor's daughter that you've been trying to get over forever, but you they, they haven't been over. So I could go on. I just, I could tell you story after story after story. So what's your thoughts on... How this feels? Do you have any pushback, any theological differences, any disagreements, any I agree, but I have fear over it? What's your thoughts on treating people like family? Let that flow out of our identity and how God sees them as true versus treating them like guests when they're around or even when you're out and about. Okay. So I have a group of friends that I've just been kind of telling them, talking to them about how we're trying to have people over and live initially in our neighborhood. And one of them 
she said, well, you just got to be really careful about your, um, your money. You'll, you'll end up spending so much money because people will expect you to feed them all the time. And so I told her, no, that's not what we're doing. Like we're telling people bring, you know, something to put on the grill and we're all, we're, we're, be, we're just going to treat people like family. And she said, well, that doesn't, that's not what that means to me. Not everybody thinks that family means that you bring stuff and share because in my family, that's not what we do. In my family, we go to my mom's house. My mom does everything and we might like send some money or something because she'll feed like a huge nice number of family. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> but I thought that was interesting. I was like, ah, oh, I didn't, I just assume when I say, we're treating people like family that everybody would pitch in, but she just said, that's not how but that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. You, you don't even have to correct her. Yeah. You can just model a different way. And that's the thing. Sometimes we have to say, you know, in our family, I, you know, we all yeah. help, we all help cook and we all help clean up, you know, mm -hmm. or whoever cooks doesn't have to help clean up by the way. You know, <laughs> that's, you know, that's the other rule. I kind of like that. My mom started that a long time like ago. He doesn't like that role. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but you know, but you, you know, everybody, every kind of has their their kind of family way of being family. Well, when you learn how to be a healthy family, right? With God as their father, and Jesus as their brother, and and you're learning new ways to do that. Then you can also say, you know, in our family, this is the way we do this. And then mm -hmm. and then somebody goes, oh, well, that's kind of a cool way of being family. I mean, that's how we've Listen, learned. Listen, so you're going to get lots of pushback on this because people live not out of their identity. They live due to be. That's the beast. Sure. That's the world. That's the beast. And so you don't have to like verbally correct them. You can go, well, we're, we're trying to live like that. And, um, people don't seem to respond, <laughs> but you know, whatever, whatever floats your boat yeah. kind of thing, like let them see it and experience the difference that, but you're going to get that kind of fear pushback. And, but what about boundaries? And here's another one that's going to come up. Well, what if you're having neighbors over and your kids are around? Well, yeah, our kids live here. Well, what if there's <laughs> creepers? There's, there is creepers. I don't know. There's always been creepers. I mean, we, we, we're careful, but we don't, I, you know what I mean? Like we trust God and just like we love people more than our budget. And some ones we did spend a whole lot on having people over. But as the community kind of grew and started to be more like family, turned out it was the opposite. Everybody brings over like beverages to drink and food and leaves it over. And they leave and every week our refrigerator is full of leftovers and I got more beer and wine than we know what to do with. Okay. You know what I mean? It starts to go the other way. What Either way, though, God will work it out. God, if he's calling us, then he's always going to meet that need. Listen, we've had stuff happen. Like, you know, like we've been robbed. We've had stuff stolen. Uh, I'm thinking about my favorite leather jacket that just left the house one night, you know, <laughs> you know, like, but whoever has it, I love them more than my leather jacket, you know? And so um, <laughs> I like my jacket bag, but it'll probably not happening. You know, um, we get to, you're, you're going to get lots of pushback and that's okay. People are where they're at. Mm -hmm. Well, I sure hope that is helpful and again, you can go back and you can even dig deeper in this and hear more teaching if you want to go back to episode 157 or episode 189. But it's, it seems pretty apparent, right, that life and community on mission is messy. But it's a beautiful mess. And just like we see people in messy situations differently when they're our family members than when they're someone else that's not, once we start to see and treat everyone like part of the family, our heart response to this glorious mess will shift too. Like I've said many times before, this is not the way we live because we're supposed to. We live this way and treat others this way because we get to. 
We get to love them and pursue them and treat them the way God does. And that shows them what he's like. God is pursuing this relationship of trust with us and with them, and he uses us to pursue them. It's beautiful. It's powerful. Well, I want to give you the big three takeaways from today's topic. You don't want to miss these three principles. And if you want a printable PDF of the big three, you can get that as a free download by going to everydaydisciple.com forward slash big three. Everydaydisciple.com forward slash big three. Now, here we go. Here's the big three for this week. Don't miss this if nothing else. Number one, God sees every person on earth as one of his children. So that makes them all your brothers and sisters in sort of the big eternal sense. Some of his kids are far from him or don't know and trust him yet, but that's why we're here. We get to start showing them how much our heavenly dad loves them and desires a relationship of trust with them. Number two, God sees you as his beloved child and part of his forever family. He's your perfect father and Jesus is your brother. Do you believe this? Regardless of how imperfect your earthly family may have been, we have a perfect eternal family and our position in that family is now secured by Jesus himself. It's when we start believing this and believing it's true for us, for others, that we'll start to see and treat others as part of the family as well. And number three, Begin to see your house as a tool and resource for building community and the kingdom and family. Viewing your home not as a refuge or a hiding place, but rather as God's house. This changes our view and the ethos of how we treat others who join us there. Start having a weekly open table of some sort where anyone and everyone gets invited in regularly and treated like a member of the family, not as a guest. Treating others like they are family is an extension of the good news to them. A place at your table is a place at our dad's table. All right. Powerful stuff. Hope you'll take that to heart. Hope you'll let God move you towards that. All Everything we've talked about today. And again, if you're interested in learning more about this and learning a full framework for discipleship and mission, I'd love to set up a short Zoom call with you to talk about what we offer in the way of coaching and mentorship. Again, Tina and I do this as couple and we coach couples. So if you're interested in that, go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash coaching. Love to set up a time we can get together and tell you more, get to know a little bit of your story. All right, now it's time for the brand new something to think about segment. I thought it'd be good to kick off this new segment talking about our dad's name. We were just talking about family, so I thought it'd be good to talk about our dad's name. I found that most of us don't actually know our Heavenly Father's name. That's weird. His name is not God. God's name is not God. He is God. The name he gave Moses to tell his people, and that's us now, is I am that I am. In Exodus 3.15 there, he says, this is my name forever, the name you shall call me from generation to generation. And so we say it that way in English, I am that I am. But in the language that God spoke that in Hebrew to Moses, he says, this is my name forever. Ayah, Shir, Ayah. Yeah, that's our father's name. Ayah, Ashir, Ayah. It's awesome. And you can use his name when talking to him. Does God want us to know him intimately? Uh Uh-huh, yeah. And call him by his name? Of course, he just said so. 
So try it out in your prayer time and call your father by his name. Ayah, Ashir, Ayah. So, by the way, when someone says, oh my God, this is delicious, or oh my God, your kids are beautiful, they're not using the Lord's name in vain. His name's not God. That's some messed up old Sunday school stuff, so you can relax. Our Father, God, has a name, and it is Ayah, Ashir, Ayah. <laughs> okay, there you go. Hope that's a cool, fun thing. That's something to think about for you. Now, time's up for today. I hope you'll join me next week as we talk about seven challenges to cultural diversity in the church. Seeing diverse believers walk and work and worship together as a family is a beautiful thing. However, there will be obstacles to overcome as we pursue that. I hope you'll be here for that. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us today. For more information on this show and to get loads of free discipleship resources, visit everydaydisciple.com. And remember, you really can live with the spiritual freedom and relational peace that Jesus promised every day.